So sorry for being tardy. We had a challenge with my connection with my phone. We can blame T-Mobile for that. So my sincere apologies, guys. Hopefully everything's okay now. Uh, let's see how we are doing so far. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the DCMO Tech Tuesday. It's, um, hopefully they can still connect and see me properly. Let's see. Uh, here we go. <laughs> now it's part of us this afternoon. Hello, Mgon. Good seeing you. Yes, finally. I am so sorry, guys, for being tardy. I had a challenge with my connection here, but I am here in beautiful downtown Los Angeles at Magnus' facility in his loft. Hello, Little. Good seeing you as well. Greetings, everyone. Fantastic. Good to see all of you. Things are well, Christian. It's just been a challenge of me connecting, but my sincere apologies. I am here rather late than never. Rather late than be the late. <laughs> Hello, Fox. Good seeing you. Loud ass. Good seeing you as well. And for those of you on YouTube, making sure that you guys are okay. Yes, you are. Thank you so much for joining us. And for those of you listening to us via podcasting, whether you're on the new, jogging, working out, wherever the case may be, I am here at the famous Magnus Walker's facility. Thank you so much, NW. I appreciate the kind words. Hello, Kappa. Good seeing you. Thank you so much. And my apologies for my, my tardiness. But we are here now, which is good. And um, I'm going to try and... Hola, Nah, good seeing you. Hello, Juan. Thank you so much. Yes, I do have my Sunday best on today. Not a t-shirt and jeans. Every day is Sunday. <laughs> Every day is Sunday. Thank you so much, guys. And thank you for joining us on the 55th episode of the BC Motor Tech Tuesday, where you have the opportunity to interact with me and ask questions, anything, car, fashion, projects related, you name it, you know. Any Mopar tunes and mods. Yes, quite a bit, actually. So I'm partial to very weak feed, but nonetheless, oh, it's still weak. My apologies, Fox. My apologies indeed. But with the Mopar stuff, yes, HP Tuners makes a fantastic flash for that. Mopar even has a lot of mod uh, modifications for your application as well, which is very nice. And then being here at Magnus Place, which is surrounded by tons of Porsches, there's still, he's still a very nice Mopar guy as well. Hello, Project SI. Good seeing you this afternoon. The video quality is poor. Oh my goodness, AJ. Um, how's the video, video quality? How do you see it? It's very bad. Go outside? Okay, let's, um, I have so much equipment to take with me. Let's see, thank you so much, Queen B. Appreciate the kind words. I had a great weekend, a very, very interesting weekend indeed. Um, let's see if we can go ahead and get, uh, they're saying my signal is very poor here. They can barely hear me. So, um, I know I didn't, I didn't drive, <laughs> I didn't drive a Porsche here, and Magnus was very disappointed. Uh, now it's paused due to back connection. You want to try um, it over there? Yes, let's, let's try again. Let me go around here. I can manage. I think I can manage. Thank you. Okay. We're getting the royal treatment here. And. Ooh, Good. it's done. It's bright. It is bright. But I am still paused. Oh. And I'm losing people. Oh. Not good. Not good at all. Reconnecting. Yeah, I lost a bunch of people. Want to try that? Yeah, let's try that. Let me carry one of them. Okay. Thank you. Again. This is the first time for everything. The first time. This is, this is interesting. Okay, we're connecting again. Uh, live. Here we go, guys. I'm sorry. I'm moving to another part of this wonderful loft. So, we have some water-cooled craft behind us, which would be pretty cool, nonetheless. And, thank you, guys. Perfect. Beautiful. Okay, so how's the roll with it? Audio is good. Good. How's it right now? Oh, the video is not the best. I'm so sorry. And the video is so nice because this place is so spectacular, which is interesting. Uh, let's see how we can you hear me clearly. The video quality is a bit blurred. Wow. Should I better? Okay, much better. Good. They say it's better, which is nice. Thank you so much, guys. I'm sorry I lost so many of you. My apologies. My sincere apologies, which is pretty nice. Um, let me get the chairs. Thank you so much. So we're here in downtown Los Angeles. This is better, beautiful. And I'm sorry, that, you know, still nice cars behind here. The other place was absolutely fantastic. It keeps freezing a little better. Okay. You live. Thank you, Obi-Wan I appreciate that. Ralph says, hello, Hedy, from our favorite powder coder. Oh, wow, Ralph is here, Hedy, which hey, is pretty sir, nice. For sure. Thank you so much, man. No so kind. Ah, thank you so much, CNC Works. Appreciate that. 
Oh, it's getting better at time. Good. It's better now. That's what I love to hear. Magnus, thank you so much. Yeah, please do. Please do. Please do. Hello, Spooky. Good seeing you. Yes, OPP. Welcome to clear now. There we go, OPP. I'm down, <laughs> I'm down with OPP. <laughs> Sounds good. What's Same with thing. that cell phone reception? I, I know. I, it's, it's sad. But we're here. Rather late than never. AT&T um, does tell me all the time that we are at the end of the line, which I find amazing. Oh, very nice. Because we're not in Alaska. We're, just we're in not in Alaska. LA. Downtown LA. Ah, someone, I had a very nice message for you. Say hi to Magnus with me with great stream to his hometown Sheffield. He's all Still the city Porsche. There, there you go. go. Here we are in DTLA. Hello, CA Tune. Good seeing you as well. Greetings to you, Ricky. Um, what are we working on today? What are you? Are you working on anything in particular today? Well, no two days are ever the same for me. Today, I actually drove uh, my buddy Alex from Sharkworks 964. Oh, very outside. nice. Yes, so yes, Alex, nice chat. I took that for a drive up my favorite road, very nice. East Crest Highway. Very nice. So um, that was a thrill ride. Those guys have just built a 3.8 liter for the 964. Oh, that's really nice. Re geared it. Nice so that's pretty awesome. So very uh, cool. I wouldn't say I'm working on that, but that is what I did this morning. I took a drive up Angeles Crest Highway well, in okay. 1993. How was the experience? Car is awesome, you know. Nice. I sort of describe it as if Porsche had built yes. a 964 GT3 RS Touring, that'd be it. 25 years ago, yeah. that car wow. would be it. super wow. torque. It's almost got an equal uh, horsepower to torque ratio. That should be a lot of fun. Yeah, so it really just it flies, it rips, and, uh, <laughs> easy to drive, and uh, handles great. It's on the Brembo Club Race Brake Package, Very so nice. it stops on a dime, literally. Awesome. And it's rolling on those uh, 003 Outlaw wheels, so it looks pretty good. Very nice, very nice, very nice. I think we had, um, what was the best part of your experience, is always asking. The best the part of my experience with the 964, just being at one on my favorite road, in a car that I'd never driven before. Yes. But I was actually, I think, faster in certain sections up there than I'd been in quite a lot of other cars, and mm -hmm. I would say, it's probably equal to my 996 GT3. Really? Yeah. Now that's a huge compliment. Um, well, those Shotworks guys certainly know how to I know this stuff. Absolutely. You know, you know, normally those guys are known for what I call uh, vasicky cooled, water cooled. Oh, very nice. So most of what they do is, you know, uh, water cooled uh, GT cars. Understood. Uh, from nine, uh, 996 onwards, their specialty really is, yeah. is uh, GT3s. Understood. So this is their first foray into air cooled. Well, they did a good job. Obviously. Or as the hipsters call it, lifty cooled. Lifty cooled. So for me, I'm, I'm all about variety, and I'm also always down with what I call OPP. That there is you go. other people's portion. Ah, ah, that's Good. I think we had another comment. Um, someone said, hello from Dortmund, Germany, hometown from Mr. Hoffman. Oh, yeah, so Sidney Hoffman, Herr yes, Hoffman. Yes, He's yes. what I call the, uh, <laughs> the baby beard <laughs> for you guys out there. He's like the David Hasselhoff of, uh, oh, yeah, of the car community. Exactly. I call him Herr Hoffman. Herr Hoffman. Oh, I, I need to get that to him. Yeah, That's get that good. one down. Herr Hoffman, if you're out there, cross. <laughs> and uh, Ricky is asking, is that a 944 in the back? No, that's actually sat right behind, well, the black one is a 944, I don't think you can see that, but the one right behind us is a 1980 924 Carrera GT. Uh -huh. Porsche made 406 of those. Oh, that's so That's a pretty rare wow. car. So a few years ago, I started my water-cooled front-engine transaxle collection. And ironically, just today, you asked me what I was working on. After I came back from my spirited drive up my favorite road, I actually went to the bank and did a wire transfer ah. for a, uh, what is going to complete my collection of front-engine water-cooled. Well, I have the 928, Yes. I have the 924, right. I have the 944. What, what is the one that I'm missing? Ah. Porsche's front-engine water-cooled cars. It came after the 944. Please remind me. The 968. 968? So you guys are the first to know that literally today I purchased a 968. He purchased a 968 today. Which is the last year in 1995. Oh, we're pausing again. Oh my goodness. There we go. Oh, we're back live. We've got some technical difficulties here on our live broadcast. So yeah, for those that missed out on that bit, I just today, a few hours ago, purchased a 1995 968. Very nice. Which will be the missing piece to my four pieces of the front engine transaxle water cool puzzle. The hot water collection. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's a water leak here. So, you know, Porsche came out with a front engine car back in 76, the 924. And then these are 1980 Turbos, 79 year model. So that was Porsche's first front engine water cooled production turbo in collaboration with Audi. Understood. Very nice. Cannot wait to see to, to tune in and talk about new car. Good, thank you so much.
Now, um, what got you into Porsche? A lot of marquees out there, and we all love cars, but why Porsche for you? Well, for me, I've told the story, but I'll tell it again for those that don't know. As a 10-year-old, my dad took me to the London Old School Motor Show mm -hmm. in 1977. Are we on or are we off? I think we're pausing again. Oh, that's okay, here we go. So yeah, my love affair with Porsche started as a 10-year-old in 1977 when my dad took me to the London Old School Motor Show. That was where I saw the white martini turbo on the stand. Very nice. So that was my love affair that began. I wrote a letter to Porsche uh -huh. back then, sort oh. of said, hey, I want to design cars for right. you. Ironically, they wrote me back and said, hey, call us when you're older. Ah, very so nice. So 41 years later, full circle, just literally six weeks ago, Hannah and I went to uh, England, yes. to my hometown, Sheffield. Nice, like we mentioned and, earlier. Uh, nice. We actually drove the car that started my love affair with Porsche. Are you serious? Not a replica, the actual one. The actual vehicle itself that was that on the stand. was on the stand at the 1977 London Hills. That is amazing. How was that feeling? Turbo. It was awesome. It was full circle. Wow. I, I'd never driven a Porsche in Sheffield. I never owned a car when I lived in England. So I got to drive the car that started my little with Porsche, and I got to visit the last house that I lived in as a kid back in 1987. Fascinating story. And we, okay, we're still here, we're still on. So and to finish the story, yes. of course, we made a video for Porsche for their 911 YouTube channel magazine, okay. you know, where they talk about enthusiasts sharing their Porsche passion stories. Yes. And the video will be out December 17th. Very nice. Very so nice. I don't know if that came through. The video will be out on December 17th. December 17th. And for those of you YouTube, you'll see it, no problem. And those of you listening on the podcast, you hear it as well. I am so sorry about my friends here on Instagram. We're having some weird challenges. But nonetheless, Abel's asking, what is your favorite Porsche model? Well, it's probably that one right there in my uh -huh. hand. You know, I was fortunate enough to start collaborating with Hot Wheels yes. about three years ago. And this great is why team. you should never give up on a dream. Yeah, very true. great team. It started with one car, one which car. was a 356, right. which I've actually yet to own. But the pinnacle really was when they actually made my favorite car, car number 277, yes. into a Hot Wheels 143rd model. And uh, nice. this has gone around the world with me. That's been in the pocket here for yeah, a while. Yeah, it's got around the world. Nice weathered look yeah, to it. Yeah, it's driven nice. across Australia. It drove wow. from Bogota to Medellin. That's Columbia. pretty cool. It's kind of like my good look charm. So that's my favorite model. My favorite car is nice. car number 277. World-traveled one. 71911T, yeah. Very nice. Um, how many Porsches do you own is what C. Perez is asking. I have a few. That is the short answer to that. I have a few. I like variety. No two ever do the same. Of so course. Of for me, I'm a goal-orientated collector, and the goal is to own one of everything Porsche's ever made in a sports car. So wow. front engine, mid-engine, rear engine, nice. air and water cool. Nice. So everything from the 356 up to hopefully the latest, greatest uh, yeah. 992, which okay. just debuted literally a week it's ago. It's so awesome. Beautiful car. Yeah, pretty Beautiful. awesome. Very nice. Um, do you have a 959 is what adding good is asking. No, I mean that's way out of my pay league, way out of my price range, but I've been, I've been fortunate enough modest. to drive one, it's what I call OPP, and I was real lucky, the one that I drove yes. was owned by Brumos down in Florida, and it oh, happened nice. to be the Helmet Bot prototype one. You're kidding me. I kid you, you not, have, You have such a charmed life. You've driven all these magnificent machines. Well, that's what's great My about goodness. Porsche people. You know, we all speak Porsche. I say it's a language. It's a common wow. bond that brings us together. So yes. I've been able to drive what I call the three holy grail icons yes. that I, I don't think I could afford. Mm. The 959, mm. the Carrera GT, nice. and the 918. Oh, beautiful. Along with a few other sort of race cars and things like that. Yes, yes. That's what's great about the Porsche community. Really. Very nice. I think that's the common bond that brings all car culture Absolutely. people together is obviously the share of the passion for the car. Yes. I don't think it matters what is your drug of choice or what your religion is, and by that I mean what car you drive. Right. I've owned non-Porsches. You know, at one time I had a 65 GT 350R Mustang replica. I didn't know that. I had a 67 E-Type Jag. Nice. I had two 69 Super Bs. Look at that. Tattoo. Mopar. Mopar <laughs> on no car. Exactly. I had a 73 Lotus Europa. Wow. Don't tell nobody, but I also owned a 79 308 GTB Ferrari. You did? I did. Oh my goodness. That was when they were 20 grand cars. Yeah. Nowadays, look at look at what they go but for. You saw what's outside, right? Nice Lotus out there. 1979 Lotus Esprit Series 2. Beautiful. I just acquired that. Probably six weeks ago. Oh, congratulations. Off a Brinker trailer. So Very now nice. I'm shaking that down. Ah, and, uh, <laughs> those guys of, are bad influences. Having a, yeah, having a lot of fun nice. behind the wheel there. Very nice. Very nice. How How is the driving experience of that car? I've never experienced it. How is that driving that load? Super nimble. I guess if you're a Porsche guy, the closest thing I could say is it's a bit like a 914. Okay. Uh, doesn't have a ton of power, full on momentum car. Hmm. 
You've got to rev, there's nothing below 4,400 RPM, oh. so you've really got to rev the, the bejesus off it. Yeah. It's super tight inside, there's not a ton of room, but it's an intoxicating, thrilling drive. That's good, that's what's important. You know, people thought I was crazy, because, you know, Lotus stands for lots of trouble, oh. usually oh, serious. It's a little bit like Fiat, you know, fix it again, Tony, or fix it again tomorrow. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm super excited about the Lotus, that's yeah, nice. the James Bond era car from yeah, of the course, 70s. Of course, so. of course, of course. I had a client coming yesterday that has an Esprit, and wants to put a flat six Porsche engine in it. Oh, that would actually be cool. No. I was joking I should put a Subaru motor yeah, in it. I know. Because I think it would scream. Um, IDT is asking, if you had to choose one Porsche out of your entire collection, which one would it be and why? Super easy. It's car number 277, my 1971 mm -hmm. 911T. I'll have owned it 20 years next year. Wow. So I've owned it a long time. It's the one I'm most connected with. It's the one I've done all my track days in. It's what I call my flat foot car. It's, it fits me like, it just feels right. It's okay. comfortable. It's like a favorite pair of old shoes of or course, jeans. Of course. You know, by uh, today's standards, it's antiquated, but it's analog. I love that. And it's a car that people can relate to because yes. I bought that car at the Pomona Swamp Meet. Back oh, in, you did? Bought a Pomona Swamp Meet 20 years, well, oh, 1999. Wow. I paid 7,500 bucks for it. And like everyone, you sort of uh, start modifying it straight away. I'm I sorry. put on some Carrera RS flares there and a dovetail, and nice. within a couple of weeks it looked like a 73 Carrera. There you go. And then uh, I took my aggressive street driving to the track in 2002 yes. when I joined the Porsche Rona Club. Very nice. And that was when the, I sort of slid down what I call the Porsche slippery slope. Aha. So the car has never been restored, but it's always been modified. But there's some of its parts, it's nothing special. It didn't race at Le Mans or Daytona, but it's a car that I'm the most comfortable Understood. in. So the long answer to the question, my 1971 911T, the car I call 277. Yeah, 277 is so iconic. I mean, so recognizable in the community. When people see that car, they see magnets, which is fantastic. And to have that, where people can own a piece of that as a Hot Wheel is absolutely superb. Yeah, you can get it anywhere for 99 cents. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> everyone has a Hot Wheels story. It doesn't yeah. matter whether you're like two years old or 100 yes, years of old. Course, everyone of course. can relate to Hot Wheels. And for me, having my car as a Hot Wheels is probably probably the best thing that's happened that's to me with that car. Beautiful. Um, Fox Design is asking, Magnus, when will your caffeine and octane air from Atlanta? It was a pleasure meeting you there. I believe it already aired. I was oh. actually out of the country when it aired. I never actually saw it, but I believe it aired in August. I was in Europe when it aired. Okay, okay. But I was keeping it peachy down there in the ATL, the 404. Very nice. So <laughs> big shout out to all you guys down in the 404. And Killer Mike, if you happen to be watching, nice. uh, let's go drive next time we're down, uh, down in the ATL and we'll keep it peachy. And speaking of driving, Adam says, BC, let Magnus drive your crazy blue Porsche. I do want to drive yeah, it. I'll but be put the first set of turbos. No, I wouldn't do that. Put the first set of turbos when it was extra crazy. You may or may not know this, but... Her existing now at 850 is a detail. Yeah, I remember. The first turbos I had almost killed me in the back of the shop. I, I won't do that to him. I, I remember when he had it on the white wheels. There you go, yes. A long, yes. long time ago. Yes, yes, yes. I've actually wanted to drive that car. We need to make it happen. So for you, we'll make it happen and we'll document accordingly. We've got to stay that. boosted because we've got turbo fever. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, we used to look up to BC as kids and now we're working together. Thank you, BC. You're very welcome, SB. I love your machine work. How great Absolutely is that? fantastic. One of four six of that beauty behind you. How much does something like that cost? Well, it's weird. That car actually imported from Australia. It, oh. it had been in Japan. It's still on like a Japanese registration. So it came in through Australia, and um, it actually didn't cost me nearly as much as people would think. Interesting. Apparently, it, the guy had a hard time selling it in Australia. And if he'd said to me a couple of years ago that I'd be shipping not one, right. but two cars from Sydney, oh Australia, I'd say you're crazy. But I imported that from Australia and also... Uh, one of my special cars, or one that I really like, is uh, I have a 1975 um, turbo right-hand drive. Nice. Porsche, that's the first year of turbo production. Porsche only made 32 right-hand drive cars. Oh, my goodness. For the whole world. Oh, my goodness. In 1975. That's very rare. And if we had signal in the garage, <laughs> yeah, we could actually show you that car right now. No problem, sir. While we're pausing. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Um, Speaking of which, BC, your Odyssey used to ride with me. Now it's sitting on my desk. Oh, speaking of the Hot Wheels, yes, we have a Hot Wheels of a thousand horsepower Odyssey. It's such an honor because every builder wants to have their cars immortalized in a Hot Wheels form. I'm very fortunate to join Magnus in the ranks of having cars under the Hot Wheels umbrella. So They're great so to work with. I mean, they celebrated the 50th anniversary <laughs> yes, this year. Of they course. had a big uh, contest out of in Simon that I yep. was part of. Very nice. Was pretty awesome. Yes, Queen, it's a blessing. Thank you so much. 
Um, Enrique is asking, Magnus, would you try other car companies to start a collection? Yeah, I've already tried it before. As I said earlier, at one time I owned a 65 Mustang. I had a 67 E-Type Jag. I had two 69 Super Bs. I just acquired a 79 Lotus Esprit. Of course. I've owned a Ferrari. So mm -hmm. for me, it's all about variety. Porsche yeah. is my drug of choice. Right. But um, I'll drive any car, and I've owned other cars. For me, it's, it's literally all about variety. Yes. And Jason, it seems like you're just joining us. Yes, I am at Magnus Spot in his loft. Absolutely. And Arnie Sokal says, I don't think I fully understand if Magnus builds cars for the public. Can you let us know? Yeah, I guess it's a bit of a misconception. The answer is no, I don't. I'm not an independent tuner. I'm not a performance specialist. I don't build customer cars. People approach me all the time. But then it's kind of like this for me is what I call an out-of-control hobby. Oh, yes. To start building cars <laughs> is a full-time job. And someone would come to me and say, hey, I really like what you did with that car, right. but, and there would always be a but, and all of a sudden, uh, it's their interpretation of understood. my car. And for me, I, I like the freedom to build whatever I like for myself. So uh, the long answer is, no, I don't build cars for customers. Igor from CA2 says, you need a classic BMW. Yeah, well, me, yeah, you know what? Yes, I do. I would take a 2002 TI. Oh, that's a very I'd good take a 3.0 Batmobile. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to drive a buddy's M1. Oh, nice. So I, I drove that. That was back east on the New Jersey Turnpike. Very so, nice. uh, yeah, I, I'm a BMW fan for sure. Nice. Um, SB Machine Shop asked me, any Hondas, LOL? <laughs> Hondas for me? <laughs> yeah. Sure, never say never. Come never on, say never. Um, like your NSX, that's a Honda, yes, right? Yes, yeah, it is. I'll take absolutely. one of those in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Um, Hannah's asking, how did you get to be such a good driver? And were you always good with your hands? Well, that's Hannah Elliott, yes. Oh. <laughs> Hannah Elliott uh, mm -hmm. is my girlfriend in New York City. Oh, so nice. that, that's, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I'm sure there's probably a, a little hidden message. There's <laughs> there. Yeah, there. <laughs> I think maybe uh, on the driving, you know, you just got to seat time, seat time, seat time. Yes. And uh, I never really thought I was good with my hands, but uh, thank you for letting me know. IDT, you've been great questions, which is great, guys. So it's good to have someone who's not an engineer. Who gets, oh, you're talking about technology. So it's good that Magnus is here fielding your questions, and thank you so much for the interaction. And I'm, my apologies once again for the quality, but we're still a blast nonetheless. So It's like 1980. It's like yeah. 1980, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Dial up. It's like Radwood. <laughs> it's like Radwood. We just came from that. That was pretty uh, awesome. It was great. It was did you really dress good. up? I didn't see you there. I did. I had some MC Hammer pants. Oh, Hammer Time. Hammer Time. Yeah. Hammer Time. laughing over You got to show us the Hammer Time. Oh, no, no, no. I actually no. drove my Lotus Esprit there. Yes, yes. I saw you departing yeah. when I was coming in. And those, um, I saw those three Countaches, yes. Matt Farrell's, those the are white cool. ones, and yes, the black Yes, ones. yes, 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 yes. That's an um, who's the owner of the white one, sweetheart? Who's the owner of the white one? Uh, Dave Chen? No, not Dave Chen. The white one was awesome yeah, was really with all white interior. Yeah, it was really cool. Really I mean, I often say any kid growing up anywhere in the late 70s or Oh, that days, was it. Choices yes. are you had three posters uh -huh. on the wall. Mm -hmm. Obviously Porsche Turbo, right. Lamborghini Countach, yep. or Ferrari 512 Boxer, yes, or possibly yes. Testarossa. Oh, but yeah. I would say probably the Countach yeah. was, that was, was the That was the car. car. Have and you ever driven one? Never. I've driven one. I've actually driven the one that Matt Farah now owns six years ago before. Really? And it's one of those things where, of course, you're going to say yes to drive yes, it. Yes, yes. It's intoxicating, but it, it wasn't necessarily the greatest driving well, experience. So I Matt shared that with me, but he said that was a car that he, he idolized growing up, yeah. so he had to have it. It's kind of a little bit like meeting a hero, though, in right. stock form. For yes. me, my head was hitting the windshield. Oh, the steering wheel was offsided. Understood. The pedals are really not put, not well set up, so you can't heel and toe. And it has a very small aperture for a rear window. Yeah, I really guess you're looking small. forward in a <laughs> Exactly. But ironically, hmm. they're not necessarily by modern standards yes. that fast. And around oh, the city, they right. just felt kind of antiquated and slow and a little, a little sort of sluggish. But, they but of so course, beautiful. everyone wants yeah, to stop and course. talk to you about it. Of course. So of yes, course. it's an icon. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to own one. Though. Ah, I hear. But you. they look awesome. They look great. Uh, IDT is asking, which Porsche series do you believe is the most intricately designed from your collection? For me, you've got to start at the beginning. So the 1964 911 is the birth of all things 911. It's not the first Porsche. The first Porsche was the 1948 Gamund Coupe that came out in Austria in June 8th. Yes, yes, yes. But I think when we think of Porsche, we think of turbo, and I think we think of 911. Right. So for me, it would have to be the first year, the 64 911. Not purity. Not interesting. Uh, Dealing Designs, all the way from Europe, is asking, first of, all, first of all, very nice to have met both of you at SEMA. Question, how does community treat you guys as outlaws in a purist community? 
<laughs> I'll let you as a first now share my thoughts on how I'm treated in Well, you know, the term outlaw has been around forever, right? Yes. Outlaw Josie Wales, yes. outlaw country music. I often say everyone actually has an inner outlaw. You just yes. have to find it. So uh, the greatest thing about the car culture is it's like a big piece of cake and there's a slice for everybody. Yes. Some people like to have the cars judged on golf courses with people right. with white gloves and Q-tips. Mm -hmm. Guys like Busy like to modify yes. and you know, have lots of variety. I sort of fall into that category as well. So I think the car community treats us pretty well respectfully. I yes, I, I concur. I actually agree. And I really feel that you know, building cars and, and having, you know, embracing cars is like music. Everyone has different tastes. And in my case, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge advocate of modern technology. But I also love the beauty of classic vehicles. And I love all types of cars. So you come to my collection, you see you know, Dodge Vipers, you see Porsche 911s, you see 914s, you see Hyundais, you see Hondas, you see Toyota MR2s, all across the board because I just love cars. And I actually am treated extremely well within the community. Well, I hear respect. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, sure. people are very, very nice. Even the purists who may not like me throwing a water-cooled GT2 engine to a classic 1977 911, they say, you know, even though it's not my cup of tea, it's cool. So. I am very fortunate. And to even have the opportunity to sit down here with Magnus, think about it. It's the car community. It's the love for cars that brought us together. And you know, me working as a lab rat in a, in, a, in a weird pharma company, I'd never meet him properly. But cars, our love for everything automotive, is what brought us together. It's a common bond that it brings is. everyone absolutely, together. Absolutely, absolutely. And so. it opens doors, I think, you know, surprise people. You know, the amount of people that I've met through the Porsche community yes. that I would never have met if we didn't share the passion for the car. What do you think about RWV is what Fabrizio Fede's asking. I'm a huge fan of Nakai. I first met him probably six years ago in the Netherlands at a festival called Ross Marlin. Yes! I've met him all over the world in London. One of the highlights was visiting Nakai in Tokyo and driving around the city at nighttime with the idlers, went over the Rainbow Bridge. And then I just had uh, dinner with him at SEMA a couple of weeks ago in Very Vegas. Nice. Oh, I didn't even know he was there. He was there with Very all nice. the RWV guys. So Very to answer nice. the question, I'm a big fan. I love the look, the style, I love the mentality, I love the fact that Nakai does things his way, so two thumbs up and much respect to the entire RWB <laughs> community. Dylan Dove, I think this question is for me if I'm making parts now that I have an MR2. Not quite yet, primarily because I haven't decided what route I'm going to go with a power plant. I may do one of two things. I may stay with the 4AGE engine and go bananas with that, hence creating a lot of products for the community. Or I may do something, knowing me, a little risque, something very different. I may intermix species there. So we'll see what happens. Don't let the cat out the bag yet. <laughs> I just won't. Please do. Please do. Um, okay, we talked about that. So, what are the behaviors of twin turbos versus single turbos? Do you have any thoughts on that? I've never owned a twin turbo. I've, you know, my turbo collection is pretty spot is specific. It's early three liter single turbos mm -hmm. from 75 yes. through 77. So I've never actually owned a twin turbo. That's probably well, the question for you. you well, Jim, I can, t I can talk about my experiences now. In years not too decent, in, you know, not too past, the twin turbo setups are a lot more responsive than a large single turbo. So if you want to have a decent amount of power and have the nice responsiveness, you want with a twin turbo setup. And that's why you can see a lot of OEMs really embracing that, especially if they had something that had a V or a flat style engine. Now, but with today's advancements in turbine and compressor technology, with advancements in aerodynamics, you can have a single turbo that performs just as well, if not sometimes better, than a well-properly-designed twin-turbo setup. So, today, not a big difference. Sometimes aesthetics, packaging may force us to do it, but in not-too-distant past, it was a big difference. Your 277 is such a great legend, even in Germany, says Felix 930. Well, I appreciate that shout-out from Germany. To uh, just add yes. one thing to the turbo question. Yes. You always got to stay boosted, right? Of course, absolutely. Today's Tuesday. How dare we not? Turbo Tuesday. Turbo Tuesday. Come on. Absolutely. Oh, Felix said you should bring her 277 to Stuttgart one day. I actually have a plan that I want to do. I want to ship 277 to Europe nice. and do all the European events, such as Goodwood Festival, the Oh, that'd be Bible, so cool. Classic Le Mans, drive the Nürburgring, mm -hmm. go to Zandvoort, Spa, and just do a three-month whole European tour. Very nice. And ultimately, I'd love to drive that car around the world. So uh, That'd be so cool. Hopefully, one of these days, 277 will be in Germany. Yes. Ah, Stolen Heart Dealer says, Ah, my two favorite builders. Thanks for the kind words. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Stan says, uh, two greatest of all times. Thank you so much. Appreciate that as well. Thank you very Fox much. Fox Design asks, Magnus, thoughts on building a wagon, which is like a Honda wagon that I built. What are your thoughts on that? 
I think it's a great idea, actually. You know, maybe we could build like a you know a hot rod Porsche Panamera. There you go. That'd Sport be cool. Turismo. I think that Sport would be Turismo. pretty cool. That'd be so awesome. I think that would be pretty. That'd be awesome. so awesome. Let's see. Jeremiah put us uh, put type two put me onto you two years ago. Love your bills. Thank you so much, John. Um, Hannah's asking again. Oh, what yeah. popular vintage car that others love do you actually not like? What popular vintage car that others love do you actually not like? Well, I think I have a love for all cars. Hannah might be referring to this Mercedes G-Vogue, and she seems to like those. Those are cool. <laughs> hey, those are very I nice. Mean, that is an icon right there, but um, I don't really not like any cars. <laughs> That's good. Good answer. Good answer. Um, Theo DeQuest is asking, what is Magnus' plans for the Lotus? Well, the plans for the Lotus, I just drove it over the weekend. Uh, specifically, right now, it needs better brakes. I actually need to adjust the ride height. It's kind of got an odd setup of a 15-inch wheel on the front, 16 on the rear. Wow. Originally, it came with 14s, but it uh, needs to be corner balance lowered. Right. I do need to figure out better brakes because okay. it doesn't really stop good. Okay. I'm actually thinking, talking of stopping, of contacting StopTech. Yes, I, I think they may be able to help yes, out. Yes, yes, yes. So get it where it actually drives and runs great. There's still a few gremlins that are being ironed out, so I want to give a... Big shout out to Dorian at DV Mechanicals. Dorian, actually, uh, great guy. You know, it took an alpha guy to get my Lotus running good <laughs> enough <laughs> where I could go drive it up my favorite road. So Sounds I need to get good. it sorted out mechanically first and then do some cosmetics on it. Beautiful. Hannah's on a roll here. Whoa. When, when are you going to get to a Porsche, get a Porsche or a 277 tattoo? Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I actually do have a Super B tattoo. Yeah. I've yet mm -hmm. to get a, a Porsche logo tattoo, but I'm, I'm saving a space for 277. And uh, we should probably get one together. There you go. Row performance. Put a K24 in the white Porsche in the background. That would be a great project. Ro, you're being very naughty now. I wouldn't do that to him. <laughs> I want to keep it in the old Porsche family. But if you end up finding a roller, maybe you and I can make, make that happen. There you go. <laughs> so, AJ, Relentless Racing, is asking, Magnus, do you want to join us at Button Willow on December 15 and 16th? And yes, Relentless Racing is putting together this pretty cool event out in Button Willow. He wants to know if you want to join us in December. I don't know if you if you're in the country then. Supposed to be in Mexico City over yeah. those days. Yeah. These days I'm traveling a lot. So AJ, I appreciate the shout out. He's down. He'd love to come by. He's 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 a sucker for for a track day, but he won't be around. He travels I pinned him down it was hard for me to pin him down today, which is pretty interesting, you know. Timing's yeah. everything. Hopefully we catch you another time above yes, Willow. Yes, yes. Dion is asking for both of us and I can answer that as well for me. Have you guys ever driven or owned a nine six four turbo? I haven't. Have you done nine six four turbo nine six five? No, it's a car on the list. Uh, ironically, that's a car that sort of escaped me because I, I sort of have this timing where I get into cars before they become sort of expensive. The 964 or 965 Turbo is kind of an expensive car now. I'm sorry. So yes, I own a 964 NA, but I've never owned a Turbo one. I've never even driven a Turbo 964. Wow. Actually, I have. I drove yeah. an RWB Turbo. Okay, very nice. Very but nice. never owned one. Queen B is asking, you know, saying, actually, may I ask, what would you say has been the most challenging car for you to work on in your career so far? So how about you, Matt? What's been the most challenging car you've worked on? Ironically, I have a 67S that I started about nine years ago, and that car still isn't finished. In the meantime, I've probably finished about five other cars. Wow. So that's the one that just kind of keeps getting away for no particular reason, but occasionally that happens. For me, it was that popular Odyssey that everyone loves. That crazy thousand horsepower Odyssey. I had seven weeks to take a minivan from a factory grocery getter mom mobile to this thousand horsepower behemoth with custom designed parts, which many of the parts came in from a machine shop and went proper. And the engine management solution was hard to integrate. I wanted everything to work properly. We had so many challenges. I got sick building that car from not sleeping. Three but nice it's an iconic car now. I've, I've car seen now. it on top yes, here. Yes, it's I great. mean, too much is never yeah. enough, so that worked out good in the <laughs> it end. It didn't work out, but it was extremely challenging. And before I started getting to Porsches, it was the most expensive car for me to build at that time, which is pretty good. There's a lesson there, though. I think yes. it's dedication, patience, persistence, yes. never giving up. Absolutely. I think if anyone's watching this, if there's one thing to remember, never, ever give up. That's great advice from a great man. Thank you so much, Magnus. Let's see here. Keep a card for the win, absolutely. Hello, Sam, good seeing you. Um, okay, so, Jabe Chapman is asking, this is more of a tech question this time. Uh, I have a question about LSDs. Are helical recommended for circuit racing? Been looking at Quape, WaveTrack, or OS Gaiken. Any experience with them? 
Have you had experiences with uh, helicos versus plate style? No. Okay. So what I have seen, um, for those of you who may still listen and maybe you can still see me properly, um, I like the helicos because they are very maintenance free. Some people like the plate style because it allows you to decel by laying your foot off the gas and the plates being a maybe two-way or one-half way allows you with some braking. But you have things to do with maintenance, you have to adjust the clutches, you have to run special fluids sometimes with friction modifiers. On all of my track cars, road race and drag, I use helicos with great success. So personally, my experience has been with Quaves. I love them. You're a Quave man. I'm a Quave guy, by, by and by. I run Quaves in all the boxmen, the center seat cars I have. What is the difference with torque biasing? Well, the weird thing with torque biasing is that you can have one wheel where you have loss of traction, and the torque biasing can allow you to send more power to the wheel that has adhesion. Okay. So that's something that's very, very nice. In addition to that, because I'm a big power guy, I don't break them like I can break clutches, which uh, is pretty cool. cool. Um, if there's advice you can give to people who are stuck and confused about continuing a build on a car or just giving up, what I, would that say? I think I just gave that advice. <laughs> yes, you just well, did. I say it all the time. I think it's an element that transforms everything in life. First of all, you have to be passionate about whatever you're doing. Secondly, you do have to be motivated, dedicated, and never, ever give up even though it seems like you may never get to the end, like with my 67S, that's so done but not done. The goal is to never give up and always stay motivated. What are your thoughts on the new 911? I'm sure they're talking about the 992. Yeah, the 992 debuted a week ago. It's yes. polarizing, you know, like any new Porsche or any new 911. Obviously, they just love hate, but you've got to go back to 1964 when the 911 replaced the 356. The 356 guys didn't even like the 911. Imagine that. So at every generation, <laughs> the purists are like, it's too big. In reality, the 992 is no bigger than the 991. I think people do seem polarized by the appearance of it, especially the back end with the light bar treatment I, I actually on the like center it. console. I like it, it too. It me. I, I, like, I like it, it too. It was very nice, actually. Very nice. Personal taste. I'm sure it'll drive awesome. And, and likewise, you know, Porsche is one, you know, when they talk about there's no substitute, they mean it. It Porsche, their engineers really go out of their way to design machines that are connected to the driver and can give an experience unlike anything else out there. And this has come from someone who's had his experience with a variety of marquees. It was like when I drove that Lamborghini Countach, yes. which was all awkward. Right. Straight after I went and got in 277, it oh. just felt right. <laughs> Seating position, of visibility, yes. I could see, I could stop, it was easy to shift. <laughs> it had less drama, but yeah, everything was ergonomically just where it needed to be. Uh, Porsche is good at that. <laughs> Thank you. Ricky says, I want my first Porsche, which is a 944, to be both Beast Motor and Magnus Walker inspired. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. We have that. access to everything that we do. And social networking is the greatest place to keep in touch with us. Um, hello, Alfie. Good seeing you. Hello, Shell. Good seeing you as well. Magnus, uh, Alfie says, what do you think about a 944 transmission and diff? I want to use, you guys are being naughty, but he wants to use a K20A from RSX. But he's, con he's concerned about the gearbox and the differential integrity. I, I've, I've never driven that package. There's my 944, which I really haven't put that many miles on it because it has some issues. But I will say a 944 Turbo S is on my list, but oh. that doesn't really answer your question. But I say do it, have fun, and uh, get out there. Do it, have fun. Lots of hearts. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate that. Any future collaborations with both of you together? That would be great, right? I that mean, would be absolutely fantastic. We are <laughs> collaborating here right yes, now. Yes, we are. Like, yes, you are. Automotive community, you never know. Magnus and I see each other quite a bit. I travel a bit, he travels even a lot more, so you never know. You have to never stay know. tuned to see what happens. That's right. Magnus, says Steve848. Magnus, you are the man, says Cam CTC. I'm with a beard, that's what I say. Exotic Rider, you are a legend, Magnus. So much Magnus love. Thank Must you so that. much. <laughs> Must be that. <laughs> we do make a pretty <laughs> good pair of things <laughs> over the hat. Thank you. <laughs> Alfie says, uh, BCM Magnus is like peas and carrots. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he just needs some mashed potatoes, oh, yeah, sausage and gravy. I think we're all good. Go. Right yes. So, um, Chicago is asking, I'm sure this is a, a BC question. Hello, is it worth turboing your 04 core? Absolutely it is. So, especially if you have a J engine, you can. Even if you have an inline four, that's fine as well. The right thing, as I always say, is to choose wisely. Do it right the first time and do it once. So you don't have to worry about it in the future. Don't use rubbish pots. You know my thoughts on that. I had a guy come in who asked me questions about Vataras, and you know if I have my, my little magistrate wig on, I'll put it on right now. But do it right. 
I think the key is to always figure out what you're building and what the end purpose is. Understood. I see a lot of people overbuild like whammy track style cars <laughs> and then they're not streetable. Understood. Right? So Understood. I think I think when you start a build, figure out is it a track car or a streetable track car? And you know, that's always been my mantra. I, I love big power, but my car I'm kind of the opposite. Drivable. I'm like less you is know. more. I, I like the power, but I, it has to it has to be properly. It has right. to be. Yeah. Um, and I use electronics to my advantage to make sure it whether it's boost for gear, boost for speed, to make sure that it's comfortable. Even on some of my center seat cars, I have a push the pass button. So when you're comfortable with the car and the power, yeah. you want a little bit more, it's just a button away. There so I, I'm all about that. I hate cars that are light switches. I yeah, on and off, yeah. As, as, as a passion. Progressive. has to be progressive. Absolutely. Unusable. Yeah, unusable. Um, Magnus, when again will you visit Europe, says Adi and Well, technically, I'm going to be in Europe for Christmas. Hannah and I will be visiting my sister up in Aberdeen. So if any of you oh. guys are out there in Scotland, there might be a little... Uh, Aberdeen Tartan Outlaw Gathering, possibly uh-huh. on Boxing Day. So That'd get out your kilts and bring your Spartan. Sounds good. Uh, one's asking, Beastie, what's your next project? I have uh, three that I'm working on right now. Um, the first project that I'm very excited about is I'm going to build a 190. Oh, wow. That'd be cool. I always had, growing up, growing up, even in West Africa, we watched a lot of touring cars. Right, touring so, cars. so you think of you know British touring, yeah. uh, German touring, Japanese touring. I love those cars because they resembled cars that cars. you could yeah, just buy from a lot. Right, it was right. perfect. So that's going to be cool. The one. Thank you, thank you. Car. So I'm doing this 190 touring car, a nod to the Evo twos from you know back in the early, in the late 80s, early 90s. That's my thing. So I'm building one of those. I acquired this MR2, which I'm doing something very crazy about. I did see that on Instagram. Thank you, thank you. Picked that up recently, I saw that. And I'm building a gold center seat boxman. So, I have a black one, I have a red one, and I'm complete the German flag with a gold one. Whoa, you're a busy man. So, so those are the three I'm working on uh, next year, and you will see them at SEMA, which is pretty exciting, you know? Two Porsche legends. Thank you, C. Perez. Thanks for the kind words. Um, Do you think... Fabricio says, you could go so far in the automotive world. Yes, I believe I can. What are your thoughts on that in the automotive world with your interaction, Magnus? I think the key for anybody is don't set any limitations, don't set any boundaries, and just keep on rising. Absolutely. absolutely. Don't stop, and you can go wherever you want to go. Thelon, we, we talked about the 992, so please listen up. I'll have this up for the next 24 hours. Um, Magnus, what car out of your norm is a guilty pleasure of yours? Wow. What it, well, right now it's the Lotus. Yes. I will say, uh, through Hannah, if she's still listening there, um, I've been able to drive a lot of cars. Hannah's a, a uh, automotive journalist for Bloomberg Business Week. Oh, nice. so she's our luxury goods rider. Nice. So if you guys follow me, that's sort of how I'm getting into all these sort of cool cars that are sort of beyond my sort of normal realm. I'm her plus one. But to answer the question, one of the favorite cars that I drove this year was the um, Mercedes AMG GTR. Nice. Really? Now, that resembles a Viper to me. Well, <laughs> we can talk about the Viper. I do have my Mopar tattoo. I actually think today the Viper is really a good buy. I think it represents a good bang Absolutely. for the buck. I would love to have a Viper GTS. Yes. I saw that black one. Thank you. Bradwood. It'll look really, really awesome. That was so, second gen. That was yeah. pretty cool. Absolutely. So I would get a Viper, but um, I've driven a lot of cars, everything from Pagani wires to all types of stuff. But one of the coolest drives I did recently was mm. with Jag to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the XJ, nice. drove from the factory in Coventry all the way to the Paris Auto Show. Oh my goodness, how long was that journey? We did it in sort of two days, we took okay. the long route, very but nice. it was great. Very nice. It must have been very beautiful too. Eight generations of cars. Very nice. Uh, speaking of cars you've driven, 1R is asking, have you ever driven the Yellowbird? Sure it's no, no, it's on the list, never driven the roof Yellowbird, but um, certainly seems a pretty awesome car and they seem really cool people, so ah. that is a legendary car that I'd love to drive. Very nice. So if anyone's got one out there, <laughs> and I know there's a few around, just bring it down OPP. town. Let's go for a spin. I'm down with OPP. Ah, Ivy, love from New Zealand. Thank you for joining us oh, all the we way. We got a Kiwi on board there. There you go. What were both of your first cars? Magnus talked about that, but for those of you who missed it, no, no, no. Your, oh, I never talked about oh, my first car. Yet. What was your first car? My first car I bought. In 1988, was a 1977 Toyota Corolla 2TC ah, ah, awesome. that I bought for $200. I drove it around without nice. a license for probably six months. Mm. And then I took my California driver's test in 1988 in yes. Santa Monica. Very nice. In that car, the 1977 Toyota Corolla 2TC. So that was the first car that you purchased. What's the first car you ever driven, ever drove or driven? 
It was probably my granddad's Renault 5 back in the nice. <laughs> But uh, back to the Toyota. I, I actually have that car on my list to sort of acquire. Very nice. And build a hot rod version. That'd be cool. And I started looking and they're not that easy to find. Oh, really? It'd be even harder to restore components. I I have a That's probably yeah. something we should yeah. build. That'd be good. That'd be good. That would be the car we cool. built together. Yeah. Right you heard it here first. <laughs> How about you? What was your first car? Well, the first car I ever drove was a Peugeot 504. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, so that was really cool. Very popular car back in Nigeria. But when I came to the United States, the first car that I purchased was a Nissan 200SX. Wow. How, how did that feel? I didn't know any better. It was good. It was good. It had the pop-up headlights, the wet shape, had the, uh, the assistant in the dash. So when you leave the door open, it tells you the door is ajar. Oh, it was pretty cool. It had a futuristic dashboard. It was really cool. I had it for a short period of time, and I got rear-ended. Oh, which was a blessing in disguise because it got me into the Honda CRX, which changed my life changed forever. Will. I will say good. for me, the first Porsche I ever bought was the third car I bought. And I bought a 1974 slant nose wide body turbo conversion, non turbo. Oh, conversion, okay. Turbo body. That still look cool. At the Pomona Swamp Meet in 1992. That would be cool to ride with you. Know? And, yeah, <laughs> and for me, that represented a, a dream come true and a personal nice. sense of achievement of and freedom. So of I've owned Porsches now for over 25 years. Wow. The first one was a real memorable one. Well done. And I love slant noses. You've got one, I Yes, know. I do. People yeah. either love them or hate them, but personally, <laughs> I if, it's, love them. if it's a DT or a Prima, white, oh, yes. the crazier the better. Of course. So I'm Absolutely. all about the slant nose. And when I came to this country, uh, I, I spent some time in Compton. That seemed to be the choice of uh, the street pharmacists at the time. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. Straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton. Uh, the Beast Odyssey is a legend. Thank you so much. Legendary uh, right here. What do you think, Hannah's asking, about the Porsche about Porsche making a hybrid 992? Hannah, I think, you know, uh, you obviously have got a lot of time on your hands right now. <laughs> uh, it should be back at work. But I think Porsche is going to make the 992 hybrid. It'll be the 992 Gen 2. Um, most importantly, what we have to talk about, I think, is really people driving. You know, there's this whole generation of autonomy coming right. up. and people still need to be able to get behind the wheel and have the freedom to go wherever you want to go. I think that's really the key. But to answer Hannah's question, uh, yeah, Porsche will make a hybrid uh, 992 and it's just going to be how it is. We'll adapt to it. I always say you have to adapt to the environment and uh, we'll see how that is when we get there. I have my thoughts on hybrid technology. I think it's actually a great, you know, it's, it's the right direction to go with because I find significant appeal with electric motors. I understand the fact that you can have immediate torque at one RPM. And that allows us to have some lots of fun with going fast. It's yeah, cool. Straight away. Straight away. And when it comes to integrated motor assist, assisting petrol engines and making it more efficient, uh, less consumption of fuel, I think it's, it's absolutely wonderful. It is inevitable. It's going to happen. Cars are going to go. It is the future. We're going to have EV. I'm going to still enjoy it. I'm an advocate of autonomy because it allows us to be more, more efficient, have more freedom, things to do. It can, allows us to become, you know, uh, do other things as we're commuting. But... I'm also so of taking. You use yeah. the word commuting. commuting yes. There's two different things. Yes. Commuting is not driving. Of course. You know, my theory is as long as we can get oil and gasoline, there'll still be people driving <laughs> antiquated cars. And for me, the perfect example has to be Jay Leno. Jay Leno owns some steam cars from yes. 1902, like the Stanley Steamer, right. the White Steamer. Yes. I've driven with Leno in his steam car, exactly. one of the most memorable drives I've right. ever been in. So other than being just a spectacular car culture ambassador, the fact that Jay still quite regularly driving his steam car really means his hope for all these what are going to become antiquated fossil fuel uh, <laughs> dinosaur cars. So as long as we can get oil and gasoline, oil and water, we yes. can stay lubricated and go after Stay lubricated. Front. Stay lubricated. <laughs> well, here's my personal goal now. I'm going to put, to something, put together something very fun, EV-based, and I'm going to get Magnus behind. I'm going to try my best to get him behind it so he can see I'll drive if it changes his mind slightly with something performance that's Beautiful, classic, but also full electric. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned. Time will tell. Um, what do you guys recommend as a startup Porsche or affordable Porsche to buy as a project? And I have my thoughts on that. Well, what do you think? I get this question all the time, yes. and I say there's a Porsche for every budget. I actually bought that 944 behind me for $3,500. Oh my goodness. So normally I say you got five grand, go buy a Boxster, right. you got 10 grand, go buy a 944. If you want to get into a 911 and you're not so hung up on it having to be lefty cool, mm -hmm. go buy a 996 or Very nice. a 997. Like a Gen 1 997 today, yes. you can buy for under $30,000. And that's a lot of car. It's a whole yeah. lot of car. So I guess to answer your question, there's a Porsche for every budget, but five grand you can go buy a Boxer or a 944 or 924. 
and have a lot of fun. So that's my two cents. Yeah. What For me, those? I'm a huge advocate of the Boxer. It was my first Porsche. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic drive. A lot of cars were mid-engine, very balanced, very forgiving car on and off the track. I love it. Now, if your budget allows you to go a little bit further, 996 Turbo. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is... In my opinion, and Magnus, we have talked about this. gone up in value pretty recently. It has, but, but it's still, affordable. still an yeah. amazing supercar. It offers all-wheel drive, twin turbocharger. It's a car on my list. I have car. I have customers that come to me to turbocharge their NSXs, which is cool. Bang for buck, smiles per mile. You take that same amount of resources and put a 996 turbo. You can create a six, seven hundred horsepower monster that is so much fun. Exactly. And you can take a girl out to dinner on the weekends. It's just absolutely, it's, 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 it's really an underrated supercar. So nine, much vehicle. 996.2. It's the way to go. That's, so that, those are my thoughts. Thanks for the hearts, guys. Oh my God, time is flying. We don't have that much time for many more. We probably need another <laughs> question from Hannah Elliott if she's yeah, there. Let's see. Hannah, are you out there everywhere? Or are you busy at work to, uh, to ask questions? Oh, the gentleman asked, um, SMS, why is it taking nine years to finish the car? It's a great question. I don't really know. It's a car that was in Urban Outlaw on the dolly. I'm pushing it around. Then it sat for three I remember years. that one. Then it got painted. My buddy Matt Baum painted it down in Long Beach. It went to SEMA in 2014. Yep. Then my buddy Matthias, big shout out to him at Wicked Sixes in Germany, built me this monster 2.5 twin plug, normally aspirated motor. I remember the seeing pictures of that. That was really cool. So really the cool. motor went in the car. The car went back to SEMA 2017. And the car is still not fully shaken down and done. So... I don't really know why it's taken so long, but I'm patient and timing is everything. There you go. Timing is everything. And <laughs> this connection is so poor. I don't know if these you guys have seen it. It's on the connection or not. Okay, we're back. Okay. Porsche for Life. Hello from Argentina, Naka. Thank you for joining us indeed. Respect from Brooklyn and Miami. Thank you no so much. No, Central Brooklyn. Shout no, out to the Brooklyn. 305. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, let's see. Um, Mr. Des asking, uh, BC, what RPM does your 2.4 cam make power up top, it goes up to 7,800 RPMs. If you need more RPM potential, you should opt for the level 3.6. I have a question for yes. you though. Yes. I'm all about mid-range. You know, people, big horsepower or high revving cars are awesome, but in the day-to-day -day driving yes. situation, yes. what do you prefer? Bottom end mid-range or, or sort of winding it out? I'm a big mid-range to upper RPM individual. Okay. That, that's my thing. And I'm very advantaged nowadays that we have hydraulic cam control to allow me to widen the torque curve. So back in the day, I could only choose one or the other. I had to right. Peter to pay Paul. Nowadays, because of technology, I had the best of both worlds. We have the capability of eating our cake and having it too. There you and go. drivability, as I mentioned, extremely important. Drivable. When you drive my blue Porsche, you'll probably be as astonished as Spike and Matt Orr. I'm looking because it, it's really, it's, you know, all my cars are driver cars. I'm, I'm very, very big on they that. They have to be able to be driven, right? Absolutely. And time. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We had a few challenges. Yes, we had some challenges, but we got through. So thank you so much. We had a great Madness, time. You're a wonderful host. Busy. Thank, thank you so you much for, for joining me and our friends from across the globe. Thanks to all you guys out there. Yes, thank you as well. This will be up for another 24 hours here on Instagram. It will be uploaded to YouTube later on as well. And for those of you who are joining us on Spotify, Anchor, Radio Public, and, all, all, the other, yes, and all the other avenues, thank you so much for being part of our journey. I would like to say one final word. Yes, please. Let's get out and drive. Pass to the metal. Sounds good. Cheers, Take care, guys. Take care Zane. Cheers. Thank you, Magnus. No problem. <laughs>